Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Now, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, his decision to suspend Parliament has prompted an angry backlash from MPs and opponents of a no-deal Brexit. It's sparked protests across the country. There's a legal challenge. There's a petition with more than a million signatures. Uh, The move has been criticised by all of the local parties here, all of the main parties here, with the exception of the DUP. I want to speak to the DUP leader, uh, Arlene Foster. Arlene Foster, good morning. Morning. Good morning, Frank. In relation to this particular situation that we're looking at at the moment, we're almost almost twenty four hours on from the move from the Prime Minister. Are you sure that you're doing the the right thing in supporting him so boldly? Well, I don't think it's bold at all. I mean, this has been the longest parliamentary session um, for hundreds of years. I think probably since the act of union between Scotland and England back in 1707. What normally happens is that the parliamentary session lasts for 12 to 14 months. And on this occasion, it has lasted well over two years. And the Prime Minister, the new Prime Minister, has decided that he wants to set out his domestic agenda. And to do that, he has to end this session of Parliament and have a new session of Parliament when Her Majesty the Queen lays out his domestic agenda Uh, in a Queen's speech. Uh, So that's what's going to happen now on the 14th of October. Uh, That gives us the opportunity as uh, a confidence and supply partners with the Conservative government to enter into discussions around a new confidence and supply agreement for everybody in Northern Ireland. And that's what we will be doing over the next couple of weeks. Yes, but you started by saying normally this is what happens, but these aren't normal circumstances. And some people will think that Boris is a bit of a magician and he's got this sparkling prize of the confidence and supply check for Northern Ireland. And you within the DUP, you're blinded by the sparkle. You're unable to see the disaster (laughs) of a no deal Brexit for Northern Ireland. Well, there's a couple of things there. First of all, this has been, as I've said, the longest parliamentary session. Um, so it's, it's right that it comes to an end at some time. We've, he, the, the Prime Minister, the, the former Prime Minister, gave a long time to Parliament to debate Brexit. As you know, the Brexit referendum was back in June of 2016. We have been listening to the debates from Parliament since then. Yes, but we're um, now, so but, but Arlene Foster, we're now getting to, to the sharp end. We're now getting to the sharp end of this. And a no well, deal we Brexit, a no deal Brexit is staring yeah. us in the face. And you sound like someone who isn't overly concerned about the impact that would have on Ireland, north well, or south, say, or especially the border region that you live in. Well, I was going to come on to that, um, Frank. Uh, I think it is important to recognise that there has been 
pinch points before. As you know, we were meant to have left the European Union in March of this year. It didn't happen. Um, and therefore, what Boris is trying to do is to say to the European Union, we are leaving on October the 31st. We'd much prefer to leave with a deal. And we want you to concentrate on what is important in that deal and what can make a deal happen. And he has been very clear about that. Steve Barclay, the Brexit secretary, has been very clear about that. And what I see actually in London is a government who are very focused, who want to see a deal happening. Of course, I want to see a deal happening between ourselves and the European Union and that we leave in an orderly fashion. But we must leave. We must leave the European Union. You know, a majority of people in the United Kingdom voted to leave the European Union and here we are uh, still in the European Union. So that vote has to be respected and we must leave on October 31st. But are you happy to leave with no deal, even though the farmers, the economists, the hauliers, the retailers, the trade unionists, so on and so forth here are crying that no deal would be a disaster? Are you, as the leader of the main party here, prepared to leave with no deal? Well, what I've said to you, Frank, and what I will continue to say, despite the fact that everybody wants to cast us in a particular light, is that we do want to see a deal, and that's what we're working on at the moment. We're engaged with the government. And, of course, if we want to see a deal happening, we have to have partners to make that deal happen. Uh, Up until now, Europe has been very resolute that they're not moving uh, and that they, if uh, they will not move and they will not come forward to any of the things that, that Boris is suggesting. I'm very disappointed about that, but not entirely surprised. But I hope that they will see that a deal will work not only for the United Kingdom, but for Europe as well, and for our friends and neighbours in the Republic of Ireland who want a deal to happen as well. But for a deal to happen, there has to be agreement on both sides, not just on one side. The moment what we have is something that Europe is happy with, but the United Kingdom is not happy with. And that is not a deal. And are you getting ready for an election in all of this? Well, we're always ready for elections, Frank, as you know. Um, the Democratic when, when, do you party, there, when do you expect uh, well, there to be one? And, uh, well, uh, you know, we will wait and see when the election is called. Of course, we are in a fixed term parliament act so that will have to be dealt with Uh, i understand that that is not the priority for the prime minister at the moment the priority for the prime minister is to find a deal and we support him in doing that and in the meantime you don't feel that you're supporting someone who is really involving himself in what the speaker describes as a constitutional outrage well, I listened to uh, the uh, leader of the House of Commons this morning, Jacob Rees-Mogg, and I agree with him. A lot of people are talking about a constitutional crisis. We didn't hear any of this talk, of course, when the Speaker completely moved away from the normal rules of Parliament earlier on this year. It really is code for trying to keep the United Kingdom within the European Union against the will of the British people. You know, people talk about this is anti-democratic, that is anti-democratic. I didn't hear much from the people who are saying that about the fact that the House of Commons voted very clearly uh, to accept the withdrawal agreement as long as the backstop was dealt with. Backstop is the problem with all of this, uh, as you well know, Frank. Um, But others within Parliament didn't take that up and and didn't recognise that the backstop needed to go. 
Just one final point that I do want to put to you, Arlene Foster, uh, this morning is in relation to your local newspaper, The Impartial Reporter, which has been doing some excellent journalistic work in recent times. And this morning, the front page story involves people talking to Rodney Edwards, the deputy editor, and the latest uh, sex abuse allegations, child sex abuse allegations, involve members of the Orange Order. How, How do you feel about that? Well, of course, Rodney has been involved in this work for some time now, and uh, my colleague Morris Morrow and I met with um, Senior Police Chief Superintendent leading uh, the investigations just last week. Um, we wanted to make sure that she had all the resources that she needed to investigate those people who were coming forward after Rodney's uh, investigative work, um, and we will continue to meet with her to make sure that she has it. It is, of course, very, very concerning to read about uh, this week on week and, and this morning is no different. And uh, I note what the Orange Order has said, that they will work with and uh, give full cooperation to the police service of Northern Ireland. I would expect nothing less. Uh, and I do hope that it will encourage anyone who has faced this in the past. And it's very difficult to talk about, actually, to think that this was going on when one was growing up in Fermanagh, Frank. It is very difficult to think that this was going on, but clearly it was. And there were people who were being abused at that time. So I would encourage any victims in Fermanagh or indeed anywhere else to come forward uh, and to give their testimony to the police because I have an assurance from the senior police officer investigating uh, that they will deal with each case on its merits and will look at all of the evidence and follow the evidence, importantly, as well. OK, Arlene Foster, uh, thanks for your time this morning. It's the leader of the DUP there, uh, Arlene Foster. Now, that's a story we're going to be moving on to in, in a few minutes on the programme. We'll be speaking to Rodney Edwards, the deputy editor of The Impartial Reporter. But I want now to, to speak to Stephen Farry from the Alliance Party, who's been uh, listening carefully to what Arlene Foster had to say specifically or particularly on the issue about the Prime Minister. Uh, Stephen Farry, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Um, With regards to Arlene Foster, uh, she makes some robust points there about if you're going to bargain with another group, if you're going to negotiate, you you have to go in confidently. And that's what the Prime Minister is certainly doing. He seems to have much more confidence in his approach to the European Union than the previous Prime Minister. Uh, some may say confidence, Frank. Uh, I would say it's a, it's a lot of bluster, uh, and there isn't really any coherent plan uh, underneath all of that. Um, we, a no deal is what we're facing up to at, at present, and this notion that uh, holding out against the deal is some sort of bargaining ship with Europe, I think is a complete and utter fallacy. Uh, it's, it's worth bearing in mind that all of the, the strength in this negotiation lies with the, with the European Union. Um, we trade, um, the UK as a whole, almost half of our international trade is with the, with the rest of the European Union. But in terms of the European Union itself, it's less than 10%. So that's a five to one power imbalance. So if we think we're going in to force the European Union's hand to change what they've done, I think that's a complete and utter, utter, utter fallacy. But in any event, I mean, what people are trying to remove, which, which is the backstop, is something that's designed to protect us here in Northern Ireland. It's not something that's been imposed from the outside. It's a response 
response to the very particular conditions we find here, and it is supported um, by a strong majority of people uh, in this society as well. And it's here to protect the Good Friday Agreement. It's here to protect our economy, which looks both north-south and, and east-west. Unionists don't want it. The, the Ulster Unionists don't want it. The Democratic Unionists don't want it. And uh, people on the, the, the fringes uh, don't want it either. So why, why do you rally so much against it when the main party here, the, the Democratic Unionist Party with so many MPs, are against it? And, and I would counter by saying I mean, the, the majority of people in Northern Ireland don't want Brexit. I mean, Brexit is something that's been imposed on Northern Ireland um, from, from the, the outside. 56% of people uh, voted uh, to, to remain. So the change, the disruption to the very careful balance that we have in our society is coming uh, from those who want to, to Brexit, not those who want to protect us from Brexit uh, via, via the backstop. And uh, while political unionism may well be wrongly, in my judgment, making uh, the case against the, the backstop at a grassroots level, well, there is considerable support from people from unionist backgrounds, um, including the business community, which represents the full spectrum of, of opinion across the society. But the business community are very clear. The backstop is important to protect us, but also may give us some economic advantage in the future through having the best of both worlds, the, the ability to bridge the European Union and the rest of the UK at the same time. And at this point, are you fully happy to go with the Brexit issue, the idea of Brexit, if the backstop is part of it? Well, my, my preference is that we would have a further referendum. I think people are entitled to reflect on what's happened over the past uh, three years and change their mind if, that, if that's uh, re- relevant. But if Brexit is to happen, it's absolutely vital that we have that backstop in, in place. And even if, if we end up with a, with, a, with a no deal, these issues aren't, aren't going away. Uh, and any future EU-UK relationship will have to come back and consider how they ensure there's no border in Ireland, how they protect the Good Friday Agreement and protect and protect our economy alongside the other issues. There's simply no escaping these these challenges. In the meantime, however, the DUP are going to arrive back from London with another very large cheque courtesy of the confidence and supply arrangement. And, and, and in a very narrow sense, um, I would welcome any additional cash uh, for Northern Ireland, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't be celebrating because the, the, the DUP Conservative link-up has caused huge damage to our society, uh, and it's, it's very much linked uh, to the whole Brexit project, and that has caused, huge, has caused huge damage to our economy already, and particularly if we end up with a no deal, it's going to cause even, even greater damage. So while people may, may wish to champion what they can do in terms of a of some additional cash coming in, the damage that, we're, that, that that pact is doing in a wider sense far outweighs the benefits. Well, when do you expect there to be a general election? Who knows, but I think almost certainly we'll see a general election within, within the next six months and probably a lot sooner than that. The numbers in Parliament are just so uh, tight that it's, it's, a government cannot sustain itself on that basis. Uh, it, it may limp on for a few more weeks, but I think it's, it's, it's coming at us, and that will be a chance for people to have their say and to hopefully reorientate the whole direction of, of travel. Now, do you think for one moment that we'll have MPs that are any different from the ones we have now? Maybe, maybe one. But we're still going to basically have the same MPs representing Northern Ireland, aren't we? 
Well, hopefully there'll be some some change in the margins, but we've seen this year already that there can be some surprises in terms of, of elections. Obviously, my party leader, Naomi Long, um, surprised a lot of people by winning that third seat for uh, the, the European Parliament. We did well in the local government elections, and people have changed their minds around other parties as well. So every election you go into, it's you're back to first principles, and it's for people to decide what they want to do. Nothing should be taken for granted. Okay, Stephen Farr- from the Alliance Party. Uh, thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.